0: Today on the show, we break down the beauty of a Chicago-style hot dog. Yeah, especially when it is plant-based. And then history is made as after 21 years, I reunite with my longtime on-air partner, the Eternal ST, Sean Thompson. And then Sarah's news involves frying and calling. but first let me tell you about next wave yep next wave services is a website design company that provides high quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate next wave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless reliable and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis next wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first-class service all of the time. Get a free website con- consultation, that is, when you check them out online at nextwaveservices.com. Founded in 1998, which is as old as the internet itself, it's Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily deep dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food, all with a plant based spin. I'm Dee, and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer
1: Eric Rogers, and the rest, here's a man who always has a plant based plan
0: before leaving the house Rich Reynolds. Well, hello, hello, and welcome on into the podcast. Rich Reynolds with you, trying to drink as much coffee as I possibly can, even though we are taping this thing at, like, 1 in the afternoon. I'm exhausted. My weekend was that friggin' busy, but we'll get to some of that as I am joined by the lovely Sarah Carlson, who is here, and Eric Rogers as well. And, Eric Rogers, did you bring the clipboard today? Are you telling everybody about uh, I, I the have, social media? Oh. Hold on. Come on. Wait. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't How are you prepared. not prepared I wasn't for prepared. this? Yes. All right. There it is. Man, at Eric Rogers Brand is where you're going to find him. At News Sarah is where you find Sarah. And at RMEP Rich is where you find me. On social media, you can also find us at realmeneatplants.com, which is where you're also going to find, by the way, real women eat plants. So people have asked me about that. That is now up and running. So you can find real women eat plants.com as well on the real men eplants pod site or podcast site or the actual page if you go there there's stuff to buy there's cool t-shirts all kinds of stuff and then you could also hit the donate button and help us out and help out paul's party as well okay so that gets rid of all of the business stuff i think that i got it all in hand and if i forgot anything you guys can yell at me but uh yeah i mentioned right we'll off the at- top yeah i know you will <laughs> I mentioned right off the top how friggin exhausted I am. What a weekend I had, especially Saturday. So my cousin, out of the clear blue, just like texts me. He goes, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Want to go to the Bears game? Now, I've never been to a Chicago Bears football game. I'm 49 years old. I am a lifetime fan, and I have never been there. Now, one of the things about going to games is I am notoriously cheap especially because I've gotten free tickets or have sat in press boxes all over the place. So now someone asks me, well, Rich, you want to spend $400 to go to a Bears game? I'm like, well, no, I don't want to spend $400 on a ticket when I can watch the game in my living room for free. So for me, I'm very cheap. But when someone offers me free tickets and a free parking pass and my cousin's like, let's go, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to make this happen. Now, I had two prior engagements. I was able to get out of both of them very last minute on Friday night. And so 7 a.m., I'm driving my ass into Chicago um, to go ahead and meet up with my cousin who lives right outside the city and then go to the game. The game was at noon. So we went to the game, did all that. And then, which, by the way, was amazing. If, if you've never been to a Bears game, and the only Bears game I've ever was at was at Lambeau Field in 2000 when they played the Packers and they actually beat them. Um, so that was like a big momentous day for me um and i remember it's very
2: rare it's very rare so. it's super <laughs> rare
0: and i remember like getting it was Cade McNown at quarterback too by the way who actually beat brett Favre in the Packers. here's
2: here's a, what i like to do with my friends is say hey remember when you had and then i just name a quarterback yeah
0: some random so like jackass yeah. and
2: they had them for a little <laughs>
0: The Bears have been so bad for so long. I had an awesome time at Lambeau that day. Got really drunk. We were those hugging Bears fans after the game that I had never met before. And uh, it was it was a lot of Do you fun. have
3: photos of the hugs?
0: Yeah, I should have kept them. This was before, like, cell phones and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was that long ago, 2000. Well, at least it was before smartphones and everybody had, like, uh, you know, a camera going around with them. But Soldier Field is right on Lake Michigan, and it looks Terrible from the outside. What they did, so the Chicago had like the World's Fair in the late 1800s, and so they built a whole campus there. So like the Adler Planetarium, yeah, the 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 Shedd Aquarium, Navy Pier, and uh, the Field Museum, all this stuff in Soldier Field were all built for this um world's fair back in the late 1800s so soldier field they had to do something with it they wanted to keep the bears there and it looks like they plopped a spaceship down inside of the columns is kind of how the stadium looks it looks like a mess from the outside i mean it looks really bad inside i got to say this the seats were fantastic every seat is a padded fold down seat so it's not like when you go to Lambo and they have metal bleachers and that's all they have these are all folded seats all nice with cup holders everything's really cool lots of leg room um, you're right there so you got like a, a view of the skyline as well and when you go out into the actual like concourses you're right on the lake and you could see the lake I mean it's it's gorgeous down there and the atmosphere was electric and the bears ended up winning and all of that um, so it was really cool and I was like Semi-emotional all day long. Like, I was on the verge of tears that I was so happy that I was there, even for an exhibition game, just to watch the Bears play in Soldier Field. And then afterwards, uh, I decided to treat my cousin to some Portillo's, which um, I, I think they're starting to open Portillo's like nationwide now. They're in multiple yeah. states, and they're mm-hmm. all over the place. And if you've never been, it's all like Chicago-style food. Like they got Italian beef, which is a Chicago thing, and they got hot right. dogs, and they got ribs. I mean, it's really Chicago-style and Chicago-themed. And anyways, they have a brand-new garden dog. And the garden dog, Fantastic. And you already knew about it, Sarah. It yeah. is it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah,
3: but we have a Portillo's here, and I remember going in because I forget who wanted to have their Portillo's. I'm from Chicago, so mm-hmm. John or my mom or dad visiting, and I was excited because the first time we went in, I spotted it, and I'm like, all right. It's, it's fantastic. It is so and, damn good. And Portillo's being like... It started in Chicago. There is nothing like the Portillo's Chicago style, whether it's vegan or whatever. Um, It's kind of like Culver's with Wisconsin starting to spread everywhere. Yeah, Portillo's is... Right on them.
0: Yeah, really good <laughs> reference there. Yeah. So if anybody's ever been to a Culver's, like they started in Sauk City, Wisconsin, Portillo's actually started as a place called Dog House, which was more or less like a food cart that sold hot dogs out in Villa Park, which is right outside um, of Chicago. And um, the,
3: That's the one I've been
0: to. <laughs> the Garden Dog. I, it's amazing, oh. though. The, the, the Garden Dog is incredible. And I'll say this. Uh, there's a lot of vegan hot dogs out there that are not good and don't taste good and don't taste like hot dogs. And then there's some that are good, but don't have like a snap to them. So like field roast is really good. And that's what they serve at Wiener schnitzel restaurants. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, but they got those out west. And so they got like a vegan hot dog, but it's field roast tastes great. But it doesn't have, like if you've ever had a Vienna beef dog in Chicago, it's got a snap, like you bite into it and there's a bit of a snap. And having that snap is a big deal in Chicago. This dog that they have for Portillo's actually has a snap. And it tastes like a friggin' hot dog. It was wonderful. I was in heaven. Had that Chicago style with everything on it. And everything, if you don't know, on a Chicago style dog. Have you ever had one, Eric, with like everything on it?
2: the let's see the only time, no, the first time, not the only time, but the first time I had a Chicago dog was I was in Chicago for some concert at the metro, okay, and so I guess that's I don't know there was a food cart nearby, so I had to get it from the food cart, yeah, so got a couple couple of those, so what did you think damn good i I mean. I hate to say it. It's probably the only thing good about Chicago. But as hey, as a Packer hey, fan, hey, hey. I have to. I can't say much good about. My Chicago, goodness. But I will say Chicago dogs are. Yeah, sh- Chicago's
0: so. a great city. It's a great food city, and deep dish pizza is a real thing, and it's really good. And you know, okay, I'll say. Oh, there's, there's two. Okay, things. <laughs> and, and Italian beef sandwiches are really good, especially if you get them from Buona Beef, and they're made with Seitan. That is from Upton Naturals. That's really good. It's all vegan.
3: And, Eric, how about all the places that Rich named? Okay, forget Soldier Field, but it's a pretty cool city. It's got a lot. It's the third biggest city in the country. No, so. I, I talk we shit, argue but, like, this yeah. for a long time. I, mean, I what was, Madison, like, uh, Wisconsin, don't get me wrong, but. All the
2: mob ties and stuff.
0: Like,
3: also go good. Hey,
2: like
0: Wisconsin's got good. a lot of those mob ties, too, because a lot of those Chicago gangsters came up here, and that's where they would vacation and hide their money. And so, uh, yep. anyways, going back to Portilla's and a Chicago-style dog, if you've never had one, there, there's two types of Chicago-style dogs. So there's one called a depression dog, and a depression dog has mustard, it has onions, it has piccadillies, which is like electric green relish, basically, is what it is. Um, and mm-hmm. then it has sport peppers, and sport peppers are pickled serrano peppers. Um, they're, they're hot. I mean, they're, they're, they're tasty. They definitely add to it. And then a Chicago-style dog takes all of that and also puts on top of it tomatoes, so, like, sliced tomatoes and then a pickle mm. and then also, it, like, a sprinkle of celery salt will go on there as well. And then it goes on a bun that has uh, poppy seeds on it, okay? The, the depression dog won't. A Chicago-style dog will have poppy seeds on the bun. And so, there you go. I mean, it's a big garden of stuff that is on your hot dog. Um, and so, but to, to get it right. It is a bit of an art Chicagoans know which ones taste good and which ones don't. They love their Portillo's dogs, which are always good. And that garden dog, if you're near a Portillo's and you're vegan and you're looking for something that's kind of junky, but delicious, get yourself a Portillo's garden dog. It was that freaking good. So did that. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say on that Chicago style dog conversation, you two might be able to speak to the authenticity of this. Um, I was told on an inside tip that Home Depot has really good Chicago-style dogs. They do! Like they have like a food they, cart.
0: And, and they're, they're good. really good. It's right outside. So as you're exiting Home Depots, and I don't know if they have them everywhere, but in Wisconsin they do. So huh. when you're exiting like the Home Depot, like the one in Madison on the east side, like there's a food cart right there on the inside of Home Depot before you leave, and it's Chicago-style dogs, and they are terrific. Uh, I don't know if...
3: Never knew yeah. that. Yeah.
0: And they're cheap. They are cheap. I don't know if they got a vegan-style one, but um, anyways, it, it, just wonderful. The Portillo's dog was great. Ended up going back to my cousin's house for a little bit, then hightailed it back to Madison, which is a two-hour drive, to see my son play in the last game of the season for the Madison Mallards. And so got that out of the way. He had a sack fly in the game, finished off the season just fine, um, ended up getting home and waking up. at
2: he get out of his sleep. Yeah,
0: well, he did not.
2: And... That's
0: that's kind of sad, but I'm. I think he's glad the season's over. I'm glad the season is over, and now it's just rehab the knee. He got out yeah. healthy, rehab yeah. the knee. Yeah. Although one of the biggest things that happened to him Saturday in Wausau, they were playing against the Woodchucks. He hit a rocket one hopper to the second baseman with a guy on first, so it looked like it'd be an easy double play. Joey beat it out. And he was back to his oh, – he nice. played without the brace. He didn't tell anybody that he was going to play without the brace. He <laughs> played without the brace and was able to beat it out. I mean, my son's fast, man, um, but not usually with a ruptured PCL and the brace on. But he played without the brace because he's been rehabbing, and it went well. He had no pain afterwards and all of that. So he was he was super excited. That also almost brought me to tears. I mean, it was an emotional weekend uh, for your guy right here. But, yeah, then it was up oh, – yeah.
3: I got to clean this You got weekend. to clean? I just had How exciting, Sarah. Wow. I know. I was just trying to kind of <laughs> one-up you. It's,
2: it's very domestic of you. I,
3: well, you know who else clean? John. I guess that's kind of what you do this weekend. Eh, not that, I mean, it's a great, relaxing weekend. Clean and then lay on the couch. Yeah. Uh, the, the kids were busy, you know. My daughter's birthday is tomorrow, so I think that's part of it. We've got family coming into town, and we've got to prepare to, pre- I don't know, host. Right. Is you she mean, gonna listen when, to this? When someone's <laughs> turning seventeen,
0: <laughs> she might be mortified. If I'm just she wondering because
2: right. if you can, like, yeah, if if she gonna listen to this and say, "Mom gave me a shout no. out," and then no,
3: yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't ask. No. her. <laughs> she's turning seventeen though, and somehow I was, I was telling Rich earlier. You know, when she was turning seven, I would have had the sprinkles picked out for the cupcakes that I this time haven't even made. I got, I gotta get going. Yeah.
0: So seventeen, <laughs> is she dating? Does she have a boyfriend?
3: Not dating. No. Nope. She did that once and didn't really like it and kind of keeps herself so dang busy. She's got a job right now in the summer. She's on the high school cheer team. She, uh, gosh, on the in the choir. She's involved in theater. Oh, wow. She's yeah. focused. She's got a lot. Yeah, and she's got to deal with uh, school in addition to where you're going to go to college, which is a whole nother. thing. Conversation, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot on her mind. And,
0: and how is her disposition now? I have a teenage daughter; she is fourteen years old, mm-hmm. and I tell you, having a teenage daughter is a lot different than having a teenage son. Girls are, and I, I don't want to general. Okay, I am going to generalize. Girls yeah, are than back. boys, <laughs> and so I, yeah, yes. bro, you doesn't blew out yes. my microphone
3: <laughs> at that <Pet> age. <Aid, laughs> let me tell you,
0: they are right.
3: Hands down, I think there's maybe one in a, a million that that's not the case. Where you meet a family and they go, "Oh, my boy is so difficult at that age." I I have a soon-to-be 17-year-old tomorrow and a 15-year-old boy, and yes,
0: your daughter's much moodier.
3: <laughs> moody yeah. isn't the word. <laughs> I don't think I'm. Hmm.
0: I have one of those too. Okay, just in case yeah. she's listening. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay. So let's
0: so let's go back to when Sarah Carlson was a teenager and so that wasn't that all that long ago. Were you moody, Sarah? <laughs> were you were you difficult for your parents?
3: Oh. That was a long time ago. That was 30 years ago and I was moody according to them because I I talked to them a mm-hmm. lot about it as I tried to deal with my own teenage daughter and I, although I think I was way different just way different from my daughter so um I was a little more what's the word I wasn't as independent oh, as no my kidding. daughter okay and so that was that made it easier on parents my daughter is again it's difficult um but her independence and that passion to kind of be like, I do what I want to do, and I do it well. And you kind of go, well, I guess that's true. So as a parent, <laughs> how do I how do I deal, right? Um, so yeah, I didn't have that. I got this. There was there's a lot of I got mm-hmm. this. That's the, the, the her famous phrase.
0: I got this. Well, she's yeah. independent. That's good. You you can leave her on her own a little bit, but that yep. also can be bad when you're leaving them on their own a little bit with.
3: But well behaved and oh, okay. I got this, there's no like you asked about you asked about the boyfriend. There's not like a, a partying thing happening. That's what I did, and I would get busted, and then I would be grounded, and then you know, again, I told her I've been a pretty good girl, <laughs> and just a little partying got I got busted. I think in eighth grade for trying to drink alcohol, and oh that was goodness, about it. Sarah, I, yeah,
0: terrible. How Could you, Eric? <laughs> you're our resident young bachelor is... about town. How was your weekend?
2: Not, yeah, I was gonna say. I, I hope you're not asking about that those days because I was not not the person to ask Because I'm more of a oh god, is that a beer? That was an open just a can of soda. <laughs> uh, that was a can of soda that is now dripping over my counter. I was not expecting oh, no. it <laughs> to be. I was not expecting it to be uh, spilling over. Anyway, that's what we got napkins for. Um, yeah, the weekend is more. Uh, it's more like just business type stuff. So I was taking care of uh, things for the hopefully the new house. I got the inspection going on today, so we'll find out stuff about that. Um, I switched cell phone carriers. Wow, some really fun stuff. And live in La Vida, that's my, Loca, that's man. Holy
0: cow! How do people keep up with you? All right, here's here's a task for know. you guys for next weekend. Okay, I am the resident. I'm the resident crazy. man in the group, all right? It shouldn't be that my weekend is the craziest, most fun <laughs> weekend out there.
2: Okay, okay, sorry. I don't go right, shooting every
0: weekend.
3: Right. You only have me beat by like three yeah, years. Oh,
0: that's older. Okay. That's old. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so so you guys you guys i'm tasking you out do something fun and exciting next weekend so next monday's show can have a little bit more of your personality involved with it thank you very much that is your task uh we are going to take a quick break and on the other side of that i am going to reunite with an old radio buddy of mine and i'm laying down a challenge to him stick around that's coming up next All right, I've got something that I think is pretty cool to tell you about right now, and that is our partnership with Paul's Party. That's right. The Real Men Eat Plants podcast has teamed up with Paul's Party, a charity that funds fun, and that's F-U-N, all capitalized for kids with physical disabilities. Now, here's how it works. Just go to our website, realmeneatplants.com, and click on the link for our Paul's Party fundraiser. All through the month of August, We are splitting funds 50-50 with this awesome charity. Your contribution of 6 bucks will help pay for the costs of our very fine podcast, as well as raise some serious coin for Paul's party. Now, Paul was a great kid who passed away at the age of 15, but his mom wanted to remember him by having a party on the anniversary of his death to help raise money for local charities. Well, they ended up bringing in over $15,000, and with that, a new 501c3 was born. Paul's Party does some amazing events like Paul Palooza, which is Sunday, August the 28th at the beautiful Wisconsin Brewing Company in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's going to be bands there all day long. Great food and some delicious Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. You got to like that. Now, I would like to present them a big, fad, oversized check with a generous donation courtesy of our podcast subscribers on that day. Again, just go to our podcast page on realmeneatplants.com or click on the link or go even to patreon.com and type Real Men Eat Plants into the search and give today. Thank you so much for your support and a special thanks to Kathy, Paul's mom, for making all of this possible. All right, the guy across from me right now that's actually way out in Phoenix is telling me that I'm using hyperbole to describe the event that is going to be happening right now. I believe it is history in the making, and, and I'm not wrong. The last time we were sitting across from each other with microphones in front of our faces was, what, 21 years ago? is that right 2001 right about this time when we got canceled from the madhouse as i bring in my good friend and longtime broadcasting partner one sean thompson st what is going on man look at this you're a contributor on the show and we finally have you on 11 episodes in but you finally made it how you doing out there in phoenix man
1: I appreciate you asking me, man. We didn't like each other when we worked, together, so that's so
0: bad. I don't know if I ever asked you. So, so, so the way that it worked way back in the day, there was a show called Mad City Middays in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, it was you and another guy by the name of Corey Otis that started the show. I don't know what happened with Corey Otis. All I knew is that I applied to that radio station to be on the air. And I got an interview and they seem to like my demo tape although you didn't like my demo tape too much from a show called the okay. front row which I'm actually wearing the jersey the front row jersey with rich Reynolds wow. right now uh, in honor of all that and you didn't like the demo tape too much because uh, my partner then and I were doing something we were like making fun of getting jiggy with it with uh, Will Smith and I don't think that you liked it all too much I
1: just thought it was corny yeah. <laughs>
0: Everything I do is corny.
1: Everything. <laughs> I understand that now. I didn't know that thing.
0: I'm, I'm, now that's a part of you. I, I am mad cheesy, Sean. You you know this about me now. Um, so anyways, yes. this was really weird because when I was doing the interview, the guy who owned the station was doing the interview with me, and he took me around the radio station. And I think if you guys weren't on the air at the time, you had just finished or something, and it was really awkward to go by the studio, because I think you probably knew, and I'm sure Corey had a suspicion of what was up, right?
1: Oh, he did, but that still didn't make it any less uncomfortable to see. It was like, oh, that's the guy. He's the guy that's coming in to take the job. You
0: guys already knew? Like, Like Corey Otis already knew that his job was going to be taken?
1: Well, no, that was one of those things where, listen, our old employer, they were really good about – Not necessarily canning people, but transitioning people into other
0: positions. Hey, we both felt that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that was one of those things where they were transitioning him. Hey, if you want to do some other stuff, cool. But I think he also realized a few months in that, being on air doing radio was not his calling.
0: Yeah. I, shout out to Corey Otis. Corey Otis. What's going on, man? Um, yeah, I was transitioned at the end of our time on the air in 2001 to a news talk station. You were transitioned to a hip-hop station. Uh, we were doing different things then and separated, which was probably, like, separated would have worked for us because we did not get along, I mean, for years. It was, I mean, it was bad. Like, the tension was real, and we would argue on the air to the point where, at times, it got so bad. I mean, it was it was borderline violence at times. And, like, there was some pushing. There was some shoving. There was, um, you know, TB, like, slapped around or thrown or whatever. I mean, it, it got pretty crazy at times. I remember one time. The owner of the station actually came in during our show. We ended up taking like an 11 or 12 minute commercial break because he had to talk us down so that we could go back on the air.
1: That's when I knocked the, the cup of tea over at you. That's what that <laughs> oh my I was so angry about something that was going on. I don't even remember. And there was a cup of tea, and I just punched the cup and just spilled it all on like yep. near you. And then I think that's when the boss was like, okay. That's enough timeout. <laughs> you guys have, have to
0: go things. to the corner and we
1: literally had to have a timeout. That's how that's how bad it was. But I will tell you just retrospect for me. I didn't realize you were somebody that liked to push buttons, but in a good way, like you were trying to bring the best out of people. I didn't realize that for the first couple of years. I think when I realized it, it was probably like, hey, let's let's figure this out, Rich. And then they were like, oh, we're taking the show off now. And we were uh, like, wait,
0: wait. We had just <laughs> we figured it out. figured it out. I mean, it's seriously, it, it was like three or four months before they ended up taking us off the air that we had figured it out. Not only how to yep. get along, but I think we actually became really good friends out of it. All of a sudden, we had the re- mutual respect for each other. We understood what we were trying to do. Like, yep. one thing is, and I know it's got to be a pain in the ass to work with me because one thing that I don't like to do is do an inordinate amount of prep before a show. Like I like to get live reactions on the air because I think a lot of that stuff if you rehearse it, it ends up coming out sounding rehearsed and it's not as much fun. Now a lot of people like to be prepped. Like what the hell are we gonna talk about? You know what what should I be working on? My whole idea was I don't care if you you know wh- about any of that. I just want to catch you at a moment where you sound good. And I thought a lot of the times even though you were angry with me the show sounded sounded great um and even though it was hard for us to get along, the product itself was always really good everyone would tell us i mean there there, there's a saying i think walter payton had a saying when you're good you'll tell everybody when they're great they'll tell you people came up to us and said your show's great i mean people love that show because of the reactions that we had on the air
1: we built such a strong like what what they, they call it p1s our p1s were ridiculous they were the, the Animals and the Jared's and the Rogers and the Sid Vicious. We had characters and everything was just so fun. We created this following, which was awesome. People came to our broadcast and we had the relationship with uh, the, the flyway champ at the time, Eric Morel We just had this whole thing going on, which, which is crazy to think about it now. But we really did. That last show that the two of us did... First of all, I commend the company for allowing us to go on the air. That was cool. They usually don't do that on radio. That was probably the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my radio career was to try to do three hours of goodbye to our audience. And that was really, really hard. Yeah, and I remember I'm glad we got the opportunity. The the, the, the
0: calls were crazy. They just kept coming in. I just tried to tell myself, listen, man, don't lose it, don't lose it. And the last segment I lost it. I mean I actually I lost it yeah, too,
1: yeah.
0: I, I, I I cried on the air, I tried not to. Yes. I mean it was yeah. it was definitely heartbreaking and it took me a lot of years to get over it and get to a place where, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe I can go behind a microphone again and maybe do this with somebody else. And maybe, you know, work alongside someone because we didn't just do like the talk show together. And we would talk. And now, now get this because I, I think people don't quite understand what the relationship is. We would talk to each other three hours a day on the air. And then we would take, like, a break and then go do, like, a high school football game together or high school basketball game together and talk for another two or three hours with each other. By the way, we would drive back and forth together. and so I mean, we talked to each other. I talked to you way more than I talked to my wife, to my kids. I knew you better than I knew anybody else at the time because it was, like, that kind of a relationship. We were constantly with each other and talking and doing all that.
1: What was the school? Was it Watertown?
0: Watertown we did because, yeah, because Watertown was one of the stations in our group, and we did, like, all the gossiping games, like, everything, football. All the
1: girls' games, all
0: the men's games. Yeah, it was (laughs) nuts. We were the Watertown pimps. We were, were and I'm not sure anybody in Watertown (laughs) even knew our faces, you know? I mean, it was was crazy, (laughs) and I, I learned a lot with you now. I actually was born and raised in Chicago. It's not like I, you know having people of color was alien to me, but there was a moment. And I, I, I got to share this because we, I remember we walked into a gym together. We were doing a high school basketball game. And we walk into the gym. You were walking in front of me. We were going to go set up our equipment. And it was up on the upper, like, level. And so you're walking in front of me. And I see all these people looking our way. And I thought they were looking at me, like, staring at me. Daggers, though. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I remember I looked at what I was wearing. Then I was thinking, I mean, do I have, like, drool coming out of my mouth? Do I have boogers? Like, why are all these people staring at me? And then I realized, oh, They're not staring at me. They're staring at the black guy walking in front of me. And the looks that you got was like they had never, not only not even seen a black guy before, but you were definitely persona non grata. They did not want you there in their gym. It was an awful feeling. Absolutely awful. It
1: was that's why I always appreciate it, but there was a few times we did games in Milwaukee, and I was like, Whoo, I'll be good here. <laughs> but there were some small towns that I, was, that I was very uncomfortable, but at the same time not worried that something bad was going to happen, but you could tell that people were like, wait a minute. What are you doing? You lost. <laughs> it was
0: you make up the wrong yeah, turn? and I tell you because when, when I was in college, my first roommate in, in college was uh, a guy by the name of Earl Sean Creighton, and Earl Sean Creighton was from the South Side of Chicago, and I, I roomed with him for an entire year, and I learned, I thought a lot about black people then, but I never experienced that. I mean, I was there with him during the whole Rodney King things, and there was a huge oh, like wow. demonstration on campus, and then all of the black students came out. And I was going to go march with him. You know, like, let's go. And he goes, Rich, he goes, I'm going to tell you this because I love you, man. He goes, and I like hanging out with you, but not tonight. He goes, go home.
1: (laughs) Though you know what you just did? You just did the moment of. I have that one black friend like i have a black friend no it's not even roommate.
0: that i mean i i've had lots of black friends i'm saying <laughs> but i had that one black roommate and i thought i learned a lot right. of, you know of stuff from him and um anyways it, it it's crazy all the stuff that we've been through and it's just 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 you know getting that point out i mean you and i have been through a lot together and especially when we were on the air together and you talk about the connection that we had with our audience we you brought up the name roger roger and his then girlfriend he Roger proposed to her Michelle. yeah Michelle he proposed to her on our show yes, live hey, on that's the show right. That's how much our guests were intertwined with our show. I mean, and that and you should know this now because you've gone on to become a program director and you're down in Phoenix and you're running a couple of stations down there and programming then them. It is hard to find people on the air that can create that much of an emotional bond with their audience, isn't it?
1: No, it really is, and I and and that's why I. I mean, we still connect with a lot of those guys that used to be yeah, on the show, and we just had so many moments. I mean, I, I remember watching uh, the 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 Nipplegate Super Bowl with Janet <laughs> yeah. Jackson at Animal's house. I was at Animal's house with his family and his kids, and them just just doing stuff like that. Uh, we. They, they thought of us as part of the family because they tuned in and connected with us every day and that was the thing about us is that we were both very open. It wasn't just we're going to just talk sports and stay in the sports lane. We were okay with going outside and telling stories that may be embarrassing to us or uncomfortable and maybe other people wouldn't do but we connected with people where they were okay. I remember I had the well the, the psycho the psycho girl that was leaving notes on my car people would be like, Are you good?
0: You we talked about it on the air. We we talked with Amanda, a girl that you had a crush on way oh, right back man. in the day in college, brought yeah. her on and you know, went through that whole thing. I think you move yeah, on. I think you should move on. That was that that whole thing. I mean, we talked about my wife. I mean, uh, people knew when my son was born, that happened while we were on the air. No. I mean, all of the stuff that we went through, it wasn't just a sports talk show by any stretch of the imagination. We always gave of ourselves and we talked about ourselves and which is is basically, what we're trying to do here on the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. I mean, I made my transformation a couple of years ago, which I never thought I could do. I remember, so, and I, I got to bring this up. You had told me, and your mom told me, and everybody told me, you gave up pork back in the day. Now, I right. thought that was the craziest thing in the world, man. Like, Bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. You know, that that, that whole thing from from Pulp Fiction. Everything's better. And, and you know, I love the taste of pork. I mean, I didn't give up pork and bacon because I didn't like the taste. But I thought, man, you you know, you're, you're crazy for giving that up. So you had started down a path. Now, it's not a plant based path and you didn't give up everything else. But you gave up pork back in the day. Now, why did you give up pork?
1: So when I was 12 years old, I don't even remember who gave me the book, and it's a it's a book you don't probably give a 12 year old. But I ended up reading the autobiography of Malcolm X at 12. That's good years reading old, for a 12 year old. Yeah, good reading for a 12 year old. So over the course, wow. <laughs> so reading that and then just seeing his perspective and the Muslim perspective on pork. Now I wasn't a Muslim, but they they described just the pig <laughs> in a way that just made me like, why am I eating this thing? This animal that eats its own feces and all this. And I was like, okay, I, I, as a kid, it just, it, it, it frightened me. And at the, up to that point, my mom, we were, man, we ate every part of the pig from the root of the <laughs> Like it was everything. So it was, it was spam, ham, just you know, every holiday ham, baked hams. It was so much pork bacon that I was consuming, I wasn't even really consuming anything else. I feel like that's all my mom made was pork. And so when I got to that point where I was like, all right, I can't do this. I'm not going to eat this anymore. uh, I remember how shocked my mom was. Now, that didn't stop her. She was taking strips <laughs> of bacon and getting busy. I with owned
0: them. a freaking rib house, dude. I owned a rib house at one point, oh, yes. and we had all <laughs> you can eat ribs, scores. man. You want to talk about freaking uh, pig and all of that? I mean, it was nothing but pig uh, going out my freaking kitchen for a long time, and uh, I definitely uh, a lot to give up. Scores was a pretty cool place, and so I used to have you there. At-
1: yeah, that scores. I had so many moments at scores. I saw uh, Diego Corrales, Jose Luis Castillo there because you would get all the paper. Hell views, yeah, I did. And that was actually one of the greatest fights. I seen a Mike Tyson fight there. I've seen so many, so many. I always loved that. I would come there and just sit down with some some uh, wings and just go and just enjoy the the whole night. That that place is. It, it it had its run. It was a special time and a special place for that because you. You had it. You had it. Yeah, mommy. we did. <laughs> and you had some waitresses too, right. They were all right. I'm
0: still in touch with most of those waitresses. I I have to tell you. And so, yeah, I love it now because you because I saw it. I saw them get married and have kids, and you know, go through right. all of that. And I've met their kids, and you know, it's it's really you know kind of cool. I I like staying in touch with people. Maybe not as much as you do. Uh, you have more. We were just talking about this before coming on today. You have more friends. I have more acquaintances. I keep a couple of close friends. But it seems like you always have, I mean, the circle of people that you're constantly talking to. But, but the thing is, and I got to say this, we haven't been on the air together for 21 years. We've stayed in contact the whole time. I mean, the entire time.
1: That's what I was going to yeah. just say. I was just about to say that. I think people – I remember there was a time probably well after the show – where people would be like, "Hey, do you still talk to that guy you used to do the show with, uh, Rich?" And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's actually one of my closest friends." And they'd be like, "Wait, what?" Because they remember us from yep. on air. But I, I feel like we had a whole, we had a whole second chapter that was that people didn't know about after we got off the air where people didn't know that I stayed at your house when I'd come visit Wisconsin, where where we've had some real heartfelt, emotional conversations with each other, where we've helped each other through a lot of real personal things that nobody else knew about. And people don't realize that they're blown away and shocked every time I tell people, yeah, that's one of my closest friends. If I get married, that's just going to be up there. And people don't (laughs) believe that. I said if I get married. I
0: don't know when this is going to happen, man. I've been waiting.
1: Bro, we going to be doing. I'm be 65 <laughs> doing the old man strut down. And I will still be lane.
0: there. I will still be there for your wedding and my man. Uh, I love it. So anyways, for everybody that that's tuning in, Sean is going to be a contributor on the show when he can and when we, you know, can get him in and use him. He's a busy guy out in Phoenix as a program director there. And you've gone to some I mean some hot places. I lived in Austin, Texas, and I lived in northern Arizona, but you went to Atlanta, which is hot. And Phoenix, which is hot tur. Dude, you you do you like yeah. the hot weather or something?
1: Uh, as I as yeah. I <laughs> take my towel as I start to breathe, I a little The bit.
0: towel the towel only you comes out when it. you're sweating and watching Yankees games. Yes. Those are the two times that it
1: comes out. <laughs> yes. No, I, Atlanta was the was very humid and there would be times that it was tough to be outside. Uh, and, and Phoenix has the mm-hmm. dry heat, as they call it, but 115 is, hot, is 115. So, it
0: is hot. It is super hot.
1: hot. <laughs> so you don't really get used to it. I think when I first moved here, my AC didn't Ugh. work, and that was right around. <laughs> the temperature started increasing, so I had to make sure that AC was was up by the time it got to, like, the 119, the 116, because it'll hit that high.
0: Uh, so what Phoenix. I would like to do now, because I, I don't want to keep you up all night and I don't want to keep myself up all night. Although in Phoenix, it's a lot, a lot earlier over there. You can still see the sun uh, coming through your uh, blinds over there. So let's let's talk about you just a little bit. How's your health doing, man? Let's talk about how you've been oh. over the last couple of years. How you doing with your LBs, your weight, man? How's it? How's it going for you?
1: Uh, man, everything is, everything is all bad, man. Like it's not, I have not, you know, i work workouts every now and then, but so sporadic. And as you know, trying to lose weight, uh, when you get older, just gets harder and harder. You know, you put the work in sometimes and you don't see the results and that can be very frustrating. Uh, and, and by the way, just props to you because you really made that commitment, uh, for, to change your lifestyle Real many plants, all of that, and and the weight came off, and you started becoming super healthier. You can wear that I know, jersey I couldn't right now, it before. which you probably couldn't have. <laughs> no, I. I, I, I... <laughs> you couldn't have wore that jersey like 10 years ago, but you can wear it now. And that's a credit to you. That's a credit to your discipline. That's a credit to your commitment. So I want to make sure people understand that like, you made a real strong commitment to improve yourself. And and I, I watched that transformation from afar, and I definitely respect the hell out of you for that. And, and, I, and I see what it's done for you physically, mentally, probably spiritually, everything. And that that's a that's a testament to to the job that you've put in.
0: Tell uh, me something. On your Did you journey. watch the first episode of Hard Knocks this uh, season on the Detroit Lions on HBO? Okay. Yes. So there
1: Yes, right. yeah, there, there's
0: a moment Deuce Staley is addressing the team though, and he was talking about how men have to improve in the fact that they, they don't say I love you. And and it is true, men don't. Our generation I'm sure doesn't. Okay. But but let me say this, man. I love you, man. All right. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say this from the heart. I would like to make a challenge for you. Okay. So on our website, the Real Men Eat Plants website, we have a 30 day challenge 30 days to get healthier, to stick to eating plants. We help you along the way. We send you recipes. We send you daily affirmations. We send you a whole bunch of stuff so that you don't I'm have to pay, pay anything for it. It is free. All right. <laughs> Are you up for the challenge?
1: <laughs> I'm down. So here's so here's the thing with me. There's been a couple times that uh, that I've actually kind of gone see trying to see how long I could go without eating meat. And it's so funny what always is my undoing is that I get bored with like I'm I need a new like I, just a different meal. Because it's, it's almost like I need somebody that gives me those recipes or whatever so that can keep me with, oh, here's a new meal today. Here's a different one. Because uh, even from a prep standpoint, if, if it takes too much work, I'll, be, I'll just go over to Popeye's and grab me some
0: fries. I have got your hookup. So we had a guy on um, back in our first week, and his name is Shane Martin. And so Shane Martin was a football player, like mm-hmm. a college football player. He made the transformation a few years ago to becoming vegan, and he's always been like a, uh, a chef and stuff like that. His recipes, and I had one today, and it's a chickpea curry. I don't know if you like Indian food and stuff like that. All right. It's fantastic, dude. Super easy to make. And I tell you what. It was done in less than 30 minutes, and it was the easiest thing in the world. The hardest part of the whole recipe was chopping an onion. So if you could chop an onion, if you could actually chop it up, you could (laughs) make this recipe in less than 30 minutes, and you got food for a week, man. It's that good. I I doubled the recipe. Uh, I'm good to go on that. You know, I use his recipes all the time at shaneandsimple.com, and they are fantastic. You would absolutely love it. So, all right, are you up for the challenge? I mean, you don't have to start tomorrow. You might have to, you know, come up with some things and go grocery shopping and maybe have a plan, you know, and maybe the weekend's a better time to start when you got some time to do these things. But are you up for the challenge? Can we maybe follow your progress, too, and see how you do?
1: Well, here's the thing. Tomorrow i actually go see my primary doctor, uh, my new doctor, because I just finally got one. And so I'm going through the whole physical and all that stuff tomorrow. So it might be good even just to kind of see where I'm at with everything. And then, yeah, he's gonna probably say, you need to drop like 15, 20. You probably need to do Maybe this, lower do that, some cholesterol. Yeah,
0: get some of those blood, Correct. Yeah. blood pressure, all, right. all
1: that stuff. So, so it might be perfect just to say, all right, here's my, my bottom. Yeah. That's what I would look at it is like, here's my bottom. And just and then really assess where I can go. So I'm down for it. I just like I say, it's going to take some work. I'm going to need to see some recipes right. and get ahead of it. Challenge, sure. challenge
0: accepted. Then that's what I'm going to say. And we're going to throw some recipes your way and get you signed up uh, and do all of that kind of good stuff. And that, by the way, makes my heart feel good, man. I I want you to be the best, Sean Thompson, that you could be, man. The best, Eternal St. It's
1: so funny because we're about. to. About the first three or four years I knew you, oh. I didn't know you had a heart. So this oh, is actually man. great to know now.
0: <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah.
1: But by the way, by the way, too, man, I, I love you, too. And I love the fact that also I love your family. Dave always t- made me feel like part of the family. Uh, and it's been great to watch Joey grow, Gwen grow. And, and so I appreciate that because that's another part of it, too, just allowing me to be a part of that family. I consider them family all the time. So so thank you for that because that's not something – not everybody's just allowing people to connect with your family like that. So I sometimes we want to keep that separate, and I appreciate the fact that you've always made me feel like part of the
0: family. I want you to plan a trip, family. all right? It's for next year in July, and you're going to be coming up here, and you're going to be here for the phone call when Joey gets drafted by a Major League Baseball team. I want you in oh, that that'd room. That would be awesome cool you you up for that trip you <laughs> Yo, are you're love gonna it. be
1: i long as it's not july 15th that's my mom's birthday she she might not well she, might she might can not come too. all
0: right and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can it. come too. maybe maybe the we can get a couple probably. of cute chicks Damn. in i'm not sure if chloe loves still looking good or something like that but
1: <laughs> <laughs> this nude madhouse let's go ahead and get her
0: people. in it too so Hey, man, loved, <laughs> loved catching up with you. We You are going to hear Sean on, and we won't do this catch-up every single time. We'll go into in straight broadcast mode whenever we have him on, and we'll catch up with him. Uh, uh, when we do catch up with you and actually do a catch-up thing, it'll be to see how you're doing on your challenge. So, All right, man. Uh, good man. stuff. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to get out of here, and uh, we will see you the next time you're on, man.
1: I uh, look forward to them. Appreciate you. And, and, and again, history thank you for has been
0: made, God. ST. History has been made.
1: All right. <laughs> there you go. Hyperbole guy. Let's go.
0: All right. Time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah. Vegreg.com helps you find plant based restaurants and businesses in just one click and if you are a vegan friendly business they can help you get found if you're searching for healthy cruelty free meal options in your local area veg reg is the perfect solution another great thing about veg reg they have recipes and when i say recipes i mean real recipes a bacon lovers blt cookie dough protein bites penne Arrabiata. now that's the entree, not the character from The Sopranos, and even a vanilla bean, that's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to VegReg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's VegReg.com. Welcome to Sheel
2: Select.
1: The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seats
2: and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and whats. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast.
0: She's a mom with vegetables, she's so delectable, the cows and pigs, she set them free, can't you see, she's a hot chickpea,
2: veggie stew, just for you, sit on down, there's these or two.
0: Cows and pigs she set them free can't you see she's a hot chick bee the geese do just for you sit on down there is dessert too all right all right we are all set for sarah carlson and her news sarah take it away
3: all right this morning or i shouldn't say this morning somewhere sometime <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this morning yeah <laughs> Maybe I should be drinking some more caffeine before I write. Anyway, I have a handful of new vegan foods getting started. This is from VegNews.com. Starting with, get this, KFC. Maybe Rich probably already heard about it, but...
0: They have Beyond Nuggets, don't they? Is that what they are? Oh, no, no. No? They're going to
3: call it Wicked Popcorn. So this is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Overseas, now already overseas in the UK, this happens a lot. Uh, KFC introduced a corn-based veggie chicken burger four years ago. Gosh, in you know, a while ago. Now they're testing vegan chicken here in the U.S. Woohoo! They're yep. testing us. So, so here's um, the is...
0: only problem with it. So this is the only thing that I have with KFC. But listen, yeah. I would still I know what you're prefer gonna say. that you, you get that when you go to KFC. But like, So they have like these vegan chicken nuggets now that you can get. They're oh, called... those
2: looked awful, dude. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I, I've, I've heard mixed reviews. I haven't had them yet. But what they do is they fry them in the same oil that they fry the chicken in.
3: I was just about to get to that. Yeah, they, they have to huh. warn customers that, FYI, I don't. Is that in like on the bottom of the box of it or? No, no. What <laughs> I, I don't understand is how
0: hard is it just to designate oh, one fryer holy. as the vegan fryer? There it is. See? Yeah, Eric's got it, and uh, he's showing his yeah. the Beyond Fried Chicken, and
3: oh gosh, ew. Okay. Now- here, here's the thing. I haven't
0: tried it yet. <laughs> yes. And, and, and there have been mixed reviews. and some. It's still better than getting regular chicken as far as for you and for the environment. But the fact true, that, true. They, that they do it in the same vats of oil that they're, you know, Frying all right. the chicken in, it doesn't make a, lot, a whole heck of a lot of sense, at least if you're trying to stay vegan. It's still better for you, it's still better for the environment, but still nowhere near vegan. So,
3: And it always bugs me as a vegetarian when I can taste meat or taste fish because it's been on the same thing. I'm like, can't you just give a little space there You know, making the veggie burgers? Why'd you say it's vegetarian if it's tasting like whatever you cooked before? Oh yeah, cooking the burger right next
2: to a regular burger or something. And and
0: even like Impossible Whoppers, so they go on the same conveyor that grills the regular Whoppers and all the other burgers. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be trace amounts of meat in there. Listen, I think there's probably trace amounts of meat and animal products in the air that we breathe. I think you're going to be okay if you get little trace amounts on your Impossible Burgers or your Beyond Nuggets, it's going to be all right. But anyways, please, Sarah, continue with all the other uh, No, it's actually edibles.
3: different. This is a completely different product than what you just showed us, Eric, on your uh, Instagram. I think that was like a, a, a nugget, right? That's vegan yeah. or vegetarian. Yeah. So apparently KFC is going to be offering something called Wicked Popcorn. So kind of like their Wicked Wings. Um, right now, it's just in Canada, always the same place as Canada, Thailand, and recently Australia, but apparently they're going to try this out here. So it would be, again, you order the Wicked Wings, you can get them spicy, including the vegetarian one, but again, always having to um, divulge that it's sharing the same equipment as the animal-based food, which... Always kind of skeeves me, but... Yeah. You, you know, you, you mentioned
0: all those other places. It sounds like it should come from Boston, that it's like Wicked Wings. <laughs> oh, <you know>? yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> boy's Just Wicked, wicked Smot. Wicked Smart, Right on. Yeah. All right. Well, the second food is inspired by the raging wildfires in California in 2019. This it's ought to be good. Completely like, huh? Yeah. Getting your attention there. This uh, company called Hooray... H-O-R-R-A-Y. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I'm going to call it that for good purposes. Hooray Foods created vegan bacon. Of course, it's better for the environment and kinder to pigs, obviously. But just last month, they announced a new version, which many say has better flavor, texture, and overall just better nutritionally and environmentally. So that's huge. There is
0: a vegan bacon in Canada. So the company that or not in Canada, France, I'm sorry, in France, that's just got sued by the pork industry in France because they were calling it bacon and it tasted too close to real (laughs) bacon. So how did this company (laughs) respond? They responded by saying Thank you. We can't tell the <laughs> difference either. And so, as long as you can't tell the difference and the price, I guess, is like the same as well, um, why wouldn't you buy the plant based bacon then that tastes exactly right. like bacon? That's so the much best so. PR there is. Oh, they, they loved it. Yeah, they, they loved this lawsuit coming at them from the pork industry because the pork industry was mad that their bacon tastes exactly like bacon. Um, so, that's one oh. I got to try. Like, I, I got to friggin' try that one.
3: And that is the only thing I think I wouldn't try. Um, I don't want to get away from the story because I want to give hooray some credit here, but yeah. digressing for a moment. Yes. As a vegetarian, I could, I can stand and do not mind the smell of meat being cooked, whether it's in the oven or on a grill. Bacon, literally. I, and my family knows it. And I don't try to be rude. It gags me to the point where I wow. leave the house.
2: That's a hot take. Or, yes, it is.
3: Yeah, I have a, it, it ends up smelling up the house for a good half a day or more depending That's, on what i here i cannot stand the smell of bacon so i go i will go exercising or go walking on my run i can't stand it okay sorry no, it's all because, right hooray i used to love that smell i didn't I give, give up uh, i
0: didn't give up bacon because i didn't <laughs> like the smell or i didn't like the taste i gave up bacon because it was bad for me um, you yeah, know that. i
3: never <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just can't stand it. But anyway, since they launched in November 2020, and note that was during a tough time to launch anything, Hooray has sold 4 million, more than 4 million strips of vegan bacon. They're going to expand to 100 stores in California, Nevada, and at some chains on the other side of the country in Massachusetts and Connecticut. So hopefully we can spread it everywhere. Hooray. Love it. Yeah. I don't know if I do yet. Hooray. We'll find out. We'll try it. So a lot of food news here, and I'll keep going. The final new vegan option is a gluten-free and vegan Kit Kat. Uh, Trupo Treats is the name of the company. It's a confectionery brand making vegan versions of all of our childhood favorites. So they're trying others as well, but this Vegan Tell them to make a reason.
2: Tell them to make a reason. I make my own.
0: I make my own vegan ones. They're fantastic. I mean, seriously, because you can Ooh. get...
2: I'm, do they come with a little, like, panty wrappers? <laughs> they do,
0: actually. I do have them on there. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how you make it. So you, you actually have to, like, melt the uh, uh, chocolate. You can get vegan chocolate just about anywhere, and there's lots of chocolate chips that have soy in them rather than milk. And so you, you could use those. You melt that down. You put them in the bottom of, of the cup, basically, and line the whole cup with the chocolate stick that in the freezer for like 10 minutes then put the um uh peanut butter in there stick it back in the freezer for 10 minutes then put the melted chocolate on top stick it back in the freezer for 10 minutes voila you have vegan like reese's peanut butter cups that are freaking awesome
3: so once they've thawed
0: they're so good yeah
3: (laughs) i need i need to try this or get the rest really simple that that sounds fantastic yeah it's really good um so this new creation from Trupo Treats—they're vegan wafer bars. I wish they would give it a name like Kit Kat. Yeah, something Kats, catchy. Yeah, they, they need to get a catchy name. Anyway, they are, are made to resemble the Kit Kats, obviously, free from allergens and free from any nuts and dairy. Now this one is made with rainforest— one more time—Rainforest Alliance certified cocoa. And comes in a recyclable wrapper. So you were talking about the little cups. In Kit in Kit Kat's case, say that again. A Kit this, Kat's uh, case wrapper for the vegan wafer bar will be recyclable as well. And these guys want to donate a million dollars every year to animal charities. On top cool. of it, so gotta give them props. But
0: rich, you all right. I, I, I almost back. died right there. I had, <laughs> I was drinking coffee. at went down the wrong pipe. I had a huge laryngospasm. I, I go to turn the microphone <laughs> off, and bless you, Sarah. You didn't miss a beat. You just kept on going, seeing me like freaking choke on myself in my studio. Yeah.
3: I figured it was something that you had sipped on <laughs> and prayed while speaking. I've been through this before. So we're going to have oh to make sure we keep
2: everyone's uh, medical inf- information on fire. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we, so we need to know which hospital. Yeah, we behind. got Eric
0: right. popping over, uh, popping open cans of nitro Pepsi that are spilling all over. I'm spasming <laughs> today. And uh, Sarah, well, we haven't had a problem with you yet. She's today. the only one holding it yeah. together.
3: No, and I have a mug of coffee, kind of stale, a LaCroix, and a cup of water. And no spillage. Nice. Wish me She's luck. She's the pro got in a few the more bunch. Minutes.
0: She knows how to do it.
3: I have two kids, remember?
0: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> was a single mom. So uh, anyway. Okay. So we have another, th- there's another happy uh, piece of news, but it's one where I know we can get into some gross stuff. So Awesome. According to- Poop stuff <laughs> yeah, again, Sarah? Like-
0: More poops stuff? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, po- yeah, poop Yeah, yeah, happens.
3: And it's not about uh, any celebrities uh, this time. According to- No, plant- Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. According to plant-based news, this is- being called a historic milestone, the Italian government will actually ban the culling of male chicks in the egg industry. So this decision alone will put an hmm. end to the slaughter of 25 to 40 million young birds every so year. So are you guys aware so, of like
0: like what happens? So
3: I have that culling? in the story, and what's I'm the, looking at it like mean? this is where I want to... Do you want to yes, know? Okay. I mean, I, so can, let's... I can tell you. Yeah. So male chicks are... They consider useless in the industry and routinely slaughtered, typically by asphyxiation using carbon dioxide or cervical dislocation. They just break their their necks. Or maceration, whereby they...
0: Ground them, grind them up. grind to a high-speed mm-hmm. grinder sometimes. Yeah.
3: Apparently, that's... Useless. Have, have you ever seen it Ew. done? So,
0: so they, here, here's what happened. No, and
3: they tried to pick your... No, no, I, no, I no. guess it's Ugh.
0: really hard to tell if a baby chick is male or female. But they have specialists do this, and they will all, like... They're they're working in these hatcheries or whatever, and all these baby chicks come out, and all they do is just pick through them. They flip them over and pick through them, and the male ones, they throw on one side, and the female ones, they throw on the other. So, now, the, the female ones... Like, when you eat chicken... Almost every time, it is a female chicken that you're eating. All right, every single time, the males are just taken because the males will fight. So they can't keep the males in, in close quarters together. They're all fighting. You know, you ever see a cockfight? I mean, they're they're really bad. And so what they do is they just take all the male chicks. So half of all the chicks that are born are killed instantly basically they just take him and chuck them and do lots of different things with them like sarah was just talking about but yeah grounding them up using him for um basically chicken feed which is really disgusting when you think about it so you could be a mom that a, a mom a chicken a mom chicken that hatched a bird that was male and then they take that male bird and chop it up and then they'll feed it right back to you and that's that's culling and culling is yeah i mean sarah's got her eyebrows up and
3: I hear you if you can see my face for those who are listening i might barf up one of the three billions and having, but-
0: billions of chicks are yeah. called every single year and so
3: and this story yeah. this story being positive but gross is just out of italy but it's interesting because It was only a couple of years, this campaign by Animal Inequality Italy. They started this petition, and shortly after, the Trade Association of Italy's egg producers said they would support what's called in-ovo sexing technology. So it only allows the females to be born so they could identify the sex. Allowed Jurassic Park, yeah. Nothing could go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We haven't
2: seen that before.
3: But lawmakers lawmakers are going along with it and um yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's not exclusive to Italy. You're talking about Life, millions. Uh it Here does, they there can you only go, save Jeff Goldblum,
0: millions. nice job. Ed. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it, listen, it's, it's a step in the right direction. It's not the, the steps that need to be take, uh, or taken, but it is a step in the right direction. And really the, the dairy industry isn't, uh, far off from what they do with a lot of male cows too. Uh, you know, they're not male cows I mean, male, uh, steers or whatever you, you want to say, but when they're born, uh, and what actually happens to them, some of that's very similar or otherwise, um, that's a lot of the veal that you eat will be male baby. So. Cows, yeah.
2: Silly yeah. question, maybe. I, I don't know if it's silly, but all right. Well, there needs to be some fertilization yeah. source for all these chicks that are born. Uh, so how does, if you're killing them all when they're born, what? So like, again, I mean, from?
0: like, like the dairy industry has rape racks, same thing. They artificially inseminate chickens.
2: But with what seat well, with what yeah. semen?
3: They probably have to yeah. a few. Yeah.
0: So they, they do keep. They socks. do, so yeah, and, yeah. And, and stimulate them, and and get the semen, and then they artificially inseminate all the. Yeah, it's 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 a disgusting process, man. It it really is. Yeah,
3: and before I stop talking about this one, I got to tell you, changes coming in France and Germany. They've confirmed bans as well, but um, they just haven't started. I'm sorry, they just haven't stopped yeah. yet. The U.S. has petitions flying around. I actually looked this up because I thought, well, I'll sign a petition. And you couldn't really find one that had more than fifty thousand. We're just not Listen, getting anywhere, yeah. and most, it's all about most government people don't
0: want to know. They don't want to know what's happening. They don't want to be right. a part of the solution. They just want to let things go as they are. And and it's just it's not sustainable. We're we're not going to get there as as a society. Well, it's not like
2: there's a shortage of any documentaries. They're out that there kind of stuff too. Yeah. So I.
0: Yeah, check out um, Earthlings is really good. I think that's the Joaquin Phoenix one, or otherwise uh, the the other one, Dominion. One of those. um, He narrates, and uh, yeah, I tell you, it'll it'll break your heart. It really will. Okay, Sarah, let's let's finish up with uh, one more story. I'm all done. All done. That's it.
3: All right. It was mostly good news. That was pretty good. All, about all done.
0: Love it. Okay. <laughs> we got through another show. Again, remember to donate to Paul's Party and help out our uh, podcast at the very same time. You can go to realmeneatplants.com. Subscribe today to the podcast as well. That's another great way to go ahead and help us out and follow us all over social media as well at Eric Rogers Brand, at News Sarah, and at RMEP Rich is where you are going to find us there. So we'll do it. All again tomorrow. Nice job, guys. Thank you. We'll see you later.